When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the reason like everyone's all horny for the wrong people is because of the moon. Yeah, the moon is a huge fan of the moon. And that becomes <laughs> I advocate that becomes this. that becomes apparent halfway through the film. Sarah and Nicholas Cage fall in love instantly, instantly, yes. and have sex yep. within yep. within thirty seconds of meeting each other. <laughs> All perfectly <laughs> And his yeah. first reading of "I Lost My Hand" was oh. literally I shot straight up, <laughs> lying down on the sofa. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. This film makes no sense. I don't understand how it won Oscars, but yet it's, we do now. We've seen the list of yet, this. Yet it's you cannot not watch it. Hello everyone, thanks for listening today. Joining Flixwatcher in the studio we have Caitlin. Hello. Steph. Hi. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we're reviewing Moonstruck. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. In our studio today we have Caitlin and Steph. If you would like to introduce yourselves and tell our listeners about the work that you do, please. Sure. Hello, I'm Caitlin. Um, I... Uh, I'm a writer and um, programmer, podcaster. We do stuff for Bechdel Test Fest. Um, so we're kind of a feminist film collective who champion the work of kind of unsung female filmmakers. Um, and we put on screenings and run events to kind of promote their work and, and shout about them. We also do have a podcast. Um, What's the podcast called? Podcast, podcast even, is called Who Is She? Um, where we kind of take the career and, you know, legacy of a female filmmaker or crafts person in the industry and um yeah kind of like dissect what they've what they've done and, and their importance in the industry and their legacy and things like that so we have a couple of episodes up which you can which you can listen to yeah um but yeah just generally doing bits and bobs in in the film world there seems to be a, a, a nexus of things happening like that here because we've got as as we're recording helen is wearing the girls on tops tees <laughs> yeah shout out girls on tops yeah. <laughs> and also i came across recently um a distribution kind of platform i guess called uh, bird eye films Yes, oh. Bird's Eye View. Yeah. Bird's Eye yes. View, that's yeah, the one, yeah, yeah that's cool. Mm. Um, about promoting female-led, yes. uh, well, non, non-male-led uh, films. Yeah. Mm. It's all about films released in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And if you buy a ticket, then they give a free ticket to someone else to help promote more films like that yeah. and people mm. and attendance, which is really cool. Yeah. How did you guys start um, Bechdel Test Fest? Uh, well, and you're Karina, Steph. yeah, I'm Steph. Karina <laughs> <laughs> uh, Antrobus kind of founded it and then Beth, I think was one of the co-founders and we kind of joined last year so mm. we're quite new additions um so as it's grown we've kind of needed more people to to help out so yeah well, it's been fun 
yeah, it's, yeah, it's been great. so good. Yeah. So yeah. We've had so much. Yeah. I mean, like starting the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to do a few kind of illustrations and like poster designs. Oh, which he's nice. been really cool. Steph is assets queen. Assets and queens, <laughs> make lots of gifts, make lots of drawings. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think a highlight has been we did a screening of Madeline's Madeline and um, like with Mubi and they got to make a poster. Josephine Decker, the director, saw it and she really liked it. She wasn't Signed offended. Signed the loads like, of <laughs> It was great. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been amazing, yeah. like, the amount of stuff that we get to do. So what else do you do, Steph? In, introduce yourself properly. Oh, yeah. So um, I work on uh, Channel 4, Short Form Strand, Random Acts in the day and then do Bechdel, Test Fest and, yeah, do some illustration, bit of writing bit of podcasting here and there yeah all around film bits and bobs (laughs) yeah so we're talking today about moonstruck which is your choice caitlin it is so can you tell us um in either order you have a one minute slot for a synopsis and also do tell us why you chose the film uh so i think i chose this film because it's kind of bonkers (laughs) but i really love it and there's something quite warm and romantic about it i think um I first saw it not too long ago and uh, it's just one of those one of those films I feel like I've always had on a list to sort of tick off um, because it was kind of Oscar winning and, you know, it's it's always stood out. Um, But yeah, so it's about uh, Loretta, who's played by Cher, and she's uh, a widow. She's been widowed for about seven years and she's um, she thinks she has bad luck and she, you know, doesn't really believe in kind of weddings and romance in that way. She she thinks she's ruined it for herself in her past relationship. Um, And then at the start of the film, when we meet her, uh, she gets proposed to by the guy that she's seeing. Um, and he's really keen for his estranged brother to come to the wedding to sort of reconcile their their past, uh, like, fractious relationship. Um, and this brother is played by Nicolas Cage. And essentially, Loretta um, begins to fall for the, for the brother of the man that she's supposed to marry. Um, and th- that's kind of the central plot, which is sort of woven into these other kind of vignette stories about um, the love you know romantic lives of her family and her parents um and they all live in this one one house with the kind of crazy grandpa who has loads of dogs and mm. he's just great so yeah it's a, it's a whole a whole kind of <laughs> mix of things <laughs> Helen what were your thoughts have you seen this before I had not seen this before although it's really weird so in my mind I th- I've always thought that I had seen it because I could remember it when it came out and I remember Cher winning an Oscar and I remember this and like Mermaids being the two mm. films that she was in and I always thought that I had seen this. I remember the, the poster so much, yeah, so poster clearly. Yeah, and, and I remember her outfit that she wore when she won the Oscar as well, more than the actual <laughs> film. And I just remember being kind of like Cher, the actress around this but no I um I watched it and went I clearly have never seen this film <laughs> before. I, you, the word that sums it up it is bonkers and also <laughs> Nick Cage in this plays a man who lost his hand in a bread machine which <laughs> at no point is kind of alluded to anywhere in any of the kind of promotional materials but this is kind of the thing um, and it's it won three Oscars yeah I mean the award ceremonies were very, di- very different in the in the 80s. But yeah, three Oscars. So Cher got one. Um, <laughs> you get one. <laughs> so Cher gets one for this. I mean, I, I like Cher. Um, 
I couldn't think what what she was up against. Maybe we can have she, a look and see. She beat the thing that I I like this film, but she beat Holly Hunter, who was in Broadcast News that year, Ooh. and I adore that film. And I think Holly Hunter's amazing in it. And that's my one thing where I'm like, oh, <laughs> that <it> was <laughs> best best supporting actress for Olympia Dukakis, who plays Cher's mom. I think she has the best claim. And She's then, amazing yeah, in this film. Yeah. And then original screenplay as well, which really surprised me for this because it didn't really stand out. When I think about movies in this kind of era, they tend to be a not romantic comedies winning mm. screenplays. I mean, romantic comedies winning a screenplay anyway is a bit bizarre. So 1987 was a strange year. Uh, and I've written in my notes one quote, bread is life. So we have <laughs> um, in this same year for Best Actress, we have um, Glenn Close is probably the most, one that most mm. people wrote for Fatal Attraction. Um, and Best Supporting Actress role was also Fatal Attraction. Um, I don't recognise any of these films. Gabby, A True Story, uh, no. Throw Mama From a Train. <laughs> the Whales of August. <laughs> I mean, that what? film is great. But... What, Throw Mama From a Train? Yeah. Is it? It's so stupid. Um, What's The Whales of August? <laughs> yeah. um, Best Supporting Actor, um, Vincent Gardinia, Cosmo Castroni, Lost Out. And so it's Best Screenplay. That was, was the... What else was there? Um, Broadcast News, Hope and Glory, Auroval is on front. This Is this a classic year? Not really. No. Best it's picture was The Last Emperor. Um, yeah. This year does not seem that mm. good. Different times, I think. Face yeah, attraction just... lost out in a lot of categories. Yeah. <laughs> As did Broadcast News. I love Broadcast News. <laughs> but in uh, 1986, we had, just by comparison, a platoon one. Uh, best director, best picture. So I mean, those kind of films. I'm like that. Yeah, they're a bit strong. That makes sense. Paul Newman, Color and Money, mm. Hannah and her sisters. So may, I think it's just like a fallow year. <laughs> Moonstruck only one. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, yeah. I'm also a little bit surprised that it's a share film and there's not a song in it. She doesn't do a song. Yeah. I kind of. Was, I was. I was expecting. And it's 80s as well, so yeah. it's prime mm. kind of. But it's a share song. Is this? Is this? Would you class this as an 80s film? Obviously, it's shot in the 80s, but is this like a? an 80s film in the John Hughesian way mm. apart from the big hair maybe yeah I was going to say in terms of fashion and hair mm. on Cher <laughs> then yes <laughs> uh, and it's, it's really funny that uh, like halfway through like she goes through a makeover and it's like <laughs> she didn't really look that dowdy before <laughs> she basically had a few grey hairs gray hair, and like yeah. Maybe her eyebrows needed doing. But the, the, the grey hair was like, they were so excited. You're going to take out the grey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, thank God. What's the matter with you people? <laughs> I think because this film's kind of towards the end of the 80s, it leans slightly into the kind of trend that started to appear in the 90s when you had the kind of Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks mm. sort of era. Like that's what Moonstruck feels a bit more like to me. In, like in that sense, like it leans slightly more into the kind of 90s um, rom-coms rather than like a John Hughes style kind of 80s film. And just kind of touch briefly on the director, Norman Jewison. Um, I didn't, when it came up as like a Norman Jewison film, I was like, who is this guy? Why am I supposed to know his name? But he's got a, quite a few Stone Cold classics in there. Um, Fiddler on the Roof. I don't know, maybe I'm just showing my age in, here. In the Heat of the Night. In the Heat of the Night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, the Hurricane. I'm like, this guy, I'm wondering if he was kind of a big riding on the wave of his own name in this film. Because it doesn't sound this in the heat of the night versus this. <laughs> but I guess maybe Phil on the Roof is a bit closer to this. Yeah, well, Jesus Christ Superstar, there's that kind of, yeah, I don't know, maybe something kind of a bit outlandish about <laughs> some of those. <laughs> right. Uh, sorry. What are your thoughts there, Steph, on this film? Uh, I, 
I just love this film. <laughs> I can't remember when I last saw it. Um, How many times have you seen it? I've only seen it twice, actually. Like, I saw it for the first time. Because actually, um, Bechdel Test Fest put on a screening of it. Oh, did you? Um, this was like a year and before, a half before my years time. Ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I said that I'd never seen it. And Beth was like, you need to watch it right now. And like, <laughs> brought me a DVD. Um, yeah, just, uh, it feels like a very kind of, it's like a Christmassy movie yes, and it's New it's York Christmassy. and it's like Italian New York. Yeah. And I I just, I kind of love Danny Aiello as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think he's such like a good presence in a lot of movies. <laughs> um, like Jacob's Ladder, one of my favourite films. Like he's so good in that. And I just think he kind of brings a lot to a lot of movies mm-hmm. like he's so funny um i just i i really like the script as well i just think it's like so fun and how <laughs> what how what do you mean it's so fun it's so oh. funny yeah i laugh all the way through this film doesn't this film does not make any sense so, <laughs> so basically, basically basically are they putting down every everything or the reason like everyone's all horny for the wrong people is because of the moon yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the moon. And that becomes, <laughs> I advocate that this. Becomes, that becomes apparent halfway through the film. So the, this film takes place over the space of two days. It's very short. Yeah, yeah. it's a short. So in a which short time country. your man's gone back to Sicily. Yeah. To his mother who's To his mother who's dying. She, she comes back to, she's resurrected. I don't know what the best term is for that. You come, on, she's <laughs> like on the deathbed and she stands up. Yeah. yeah. And then he flies back. So that's the time frame. It literally kind of touched down and he's come back. So yeah. that's two days. There's one night there. Share and Cher and Nicolas Cage fall in love instantly, instantly, yeah. and have sex yeah. within yeah. within thirty seconds of meeting each other. <laughs> All perfectly normal. <laughs> I don't Despite know what you're talking about. That his entire life up until that point has been mourning the loss of his, of his wife, yeah. who didn't want to go out with him because he now has to wear a wooden. The hand. thing about this film yeah. is that <laughs> I'm not, is, at, the, at the same time as there's. Uh, dalliances in uh, extramarital affairs going on. Yeah, no yeah. one seems to really be that bothered about that. Um, Olympia Dukakis, his father-in-law, thinks that she's having an extramarital affair, but doesn't seem that bothered by it because he's walking the dogs. <laughs> and then at the end, just goes, yeah, "You need to pay for your your daughter's wedding." Yeah, Nicholas Cage isn't at his ten. He's at like his like seven, seven and a half, which is. <laughs> super high for anyone else yeah. and his yeah. first reading of I lost my hand was oh. literally I shot straight up from lying down on the sofa <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life this film makes no sense I don't understand how it won Oscars but yet it's, we do now we've seen the list of yet, competitions yet it's strangely like I you, you cannot not watch it yeah because it's like it's so daftly stupidly like I don't I can't bonkers it is bonkers I, I think the thing is that this film is is supposed to be kind of operatic like the whole theme of the op when i actually re-watching it um before the podcast you're trying to read depth into it well no, no but the <laughs> it really struck me that the first images you see are of this van that is transporting stuff to the to the opera it's mm. the taking you know you see the back you know behind the scenes um this the staging of, of of the opera and they go and see the opera obviously and it's like this big kind of momentous moment for for the relationship between Cher and Nicolas Cage um and this yeah this film is bonkers and you know everything about it is so kind of uh, it's over the top and it you know everyone's acting is so <laughs> heightened and so kind of reckless and it's like reckless abandon you know the way that they kind of approach it but I think that's that's just part of the charm and the and the mm. joy of it. It's like completely, you know, they let loose and they're they're understanding that, you know, 
that they've never really loved freely before. Because there's that really crucial line, I think, that Olympia Dukakis says when she asks um, Cher if she loves the Danny Ayo character mm. because she says, and Cher says no, and her, you know, Olympia Dukakis says good because when you love them, that's when it all goes wrong. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, she's never really expressed herself before. And I think Nicolas Cage, the Nicolas Cage character brings that out for mm. her. And that's like the crux of the, <laughs> the story. <laughs> I, I mean, I, was, <laughs> my favourite line was when the dad, was it? Better than uh, bread is life. No, when um, he goes, I don't understand what's going on. Oh, yeah. Why yeah. are you crying? Yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. And then he, Nick Cage proposes to after less than 24 hours. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Love moves in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah. Weird stuff happens when the moon is enormous. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's magical. You know, there's this like mysticism to it that I think mm. is, yeah, that's, that's what the moon does. <laughs> there's also a scene in, you know, when she's cooking him his steak, where she's, is she eating like just plain spaghetti? I don't know. No sauce on it. I didn't pick that up. <laughs> He's eating steak and yeah, plain she spaghetti. Does, yeah, yeah, and yeah. She's got a bowl she of just it. has the spaghetti. Where's yeah. the sauce? I don't know. There is better food in this film, though. There's like a shot where they're making that egg in the middle thing. Do you know where you get bread? Yeah, I thought that looked quite interesting. Take the egg out. Um, I also like really it. love the shots of storefronts in this film. Like, there's mm. loads with like neon lights, and it's all very pink and red and kind of loving. There's like a shot of the outside of the restaurant, and it then kind of mirrors the like liquor store that she goes into, and she sees the couple like fighting behind, like the married couple kind of having a like jovial like mm. argument behind the counter, and it's all these little pockets of like romantic stories across mm. New York that she kind of encounters in in the space of the film, as well as her own. I just I like that a lot. <laughs> I really love how. Um, different films of that time can just like show New York like completely differently yeah. like you have like like do the right thing is like from a similar time and that's yeah. like completely different from even when Harry Met Sally doesn't present it in a different way yeah when yeah. did Manhattan come out oh that was the 70s oh that's yeah. 70s yeah. Um, but yeah I think it's so interesting that you can have all of these films where you are kind of in this little pocket and it's completely unrecognisable, even though it's the same city mm. from another film that's like in the same yeah, area. Yeah, like it takes to those communities and like expands their world to sort of be like, yeah. you know, this whole city and like so much to it is, mm. yeah. One scene, which I just remembered, which kind of also <laughs> threw me for a loop, was when your man goes to Sicily to see his mum and they're at the airport and then this random older lady goes... <gasps> Oh, I yeah. put a curse on that plane. <laughs> I put a curse, I'll tell you. And then it's, it's, that, that whole reading of it yeah. sets up the tone for the whole the rest of the film. This film is really weirdly about death a lot. Mm. Like yeah, a lot of it is about... She in funeral home, doesn't she? Well, she, yeah, so she's kind of like, she's kind of like a freelance bookkeeper. Yeah. So one of her, the first thing you see her at mm. is this funeral home. Her husband, her previous husband has died. Um, the, the, the mother the is done. Uh, the what? Sorry. No, does she go to? Does she? She goes to the forest as well, or was it just like a random like corner shop with that couple? Yeah, she. Yeah, mm. so she does like odd kind of. She goes and works for like different people. Mm. Um, but yes, but like yes, the funeral home. The you know the mother-in-law is dying. Her has her ex-husband has died. There's mm. like so much. She's like worried about like her parent. Like there's kind of yeah. references to like her parents getting older and things like that. And this film is, and the curse, obviously, this film is really preoccupied with death, which I find really, like, kind of mm. funny for this sort of romantic <laughs> comedy angle. It's like, that's an interesting theme yeah. to really, like, pick out. But. Also, that thing about um, Cosmo 
kind of probably fearing death and that's why yes. he's like chasing other women when yeah. she's like Cosmo I love you but you're still gonna die or whatever she says yeah, to him and yeah. like that kind of thing of people like chasing down love because they're afraid that he's they're gonna die to keep soon. his youth and yeah. yeah so that means cheating on his wife and mm. yeah there's a there's a lot here there's a lot to it I mean yeah fair enough <laughs> uh, should we head to the scores let's head over to the scores <laughs> Welcome to a spreadsheet of dreams. Our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And uh, we'll start with you, Caitlin, with your recommendability. I mean, this is a five for me. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly recommend this film. I mean, because, you know, even if even if you just think it's a bit bonkers, like it's it's entertaining at, at the very least. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot there that's just really kind of warming and romantic and... Yeah, just just crazy, but in the kind of nicest way. Like, there's there's no harm in this film, you know. Like, I mm. I think it's I f- yeah, I find it quite comforting. <laughs> I think if this film was presented in any other way, like you say, there's a lot of talk about death, there's a lot of infidelity and stuff going on. It could quite easily be. I wonder what the script looked like. Mm. A <laughs> for people's readings of the of what's on the page, Nicholas Cage, the the, the cursed lady. Uh, <laughs> plus B, the how the interpretation of infidelity and death is mm. kind of actually comes onto the screen. It could have been a whole completely different film. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether like watching it through 2019 eyes, but when she first meets Nick Cage and the, the, like this, the scene in the apartment, he's quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he just takes her up there. Yeah. And I was a bit like, Oh, okay. Yeah, same, well, he says something that's quite, harsh isn't that I'm going to take you to bed and stuff like that she's kind of like asking she's kind of asking him to like just like she says something like just destroy me or something like yeah. leave nothing of me yeah which I mean yes it's maybe doesn't necessarily hold up in kind of 2019 standards <laughs> but I think there's something just there about the, this kind of like animal like carnal energy that they feel between one another that's like pulling them together that she doesn't she clearly does not have that with the Danny Aiello mm. character because she barely even like kisses him in the yeah. film like I think mm. they kiss like once or twice or something um, but yeah the that scene is you know supposed to be this kind of yeah like violence of romance Vi- exactly yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> there's another non sequitur where the one of the ladies that worked at the bakery just goes I love him so much with all my heart but he'll never know this and then that's when yeah, they, she's crying sad, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of his so tormented, yeah, and for his his bread, bread and his what is his ex wife, his his ex fiance, ex fiance, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I lost my hat. Sorry, (laughs) it didn't look like he lost his hand though. It looks like he only lost like some of the fingers. Fingers. Yeah, Yeah. he still had his palm, didn't he? Yeah, (laughs) it's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna go five. Sorry. Everyone should watch this film. <laughs> I really can't wait for the next person I can see and be like, "Have you, you seen Moonstruck?" Just yeah. ask the bus driver next so time great. you get on. The... Have you yeah. seen Moonstruck? No, you should watch. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it is on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I've now seen it. I've managed to tick it off the list. Um, I don't love it as much as you do. Um, I don't know if that's maybe. I don't know. Only it is bonkers. I think if you've never seen it and you're like, should I watch Moonstruck? I'll be like, if you want to, watch it. <laughs> and you know, you can you can make up your own mind. But it wasn't it wasn't kind of I don't know, I, I think I expected <laughs> to like it more with it being from the sort of era that I previously liked other films and you know, I 
I do I do like Cher, but I don't know. I just maybe I wasn't quite prepared for how <laughs> bonkers it was. Um, three and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna join oh well I'm gonna go for three point four. Um Oof. I don't understand. I, I generally don't understand. And it's that's what it's kind of what excites me. Um because that it was when that lady turned round. First of all, there's that kind of she doesn't want to marry him. What's going on there? And she's kind of feels set I've just felt sorry for her at the start. And then You do, don't you? She's so put down on it. Yeah. Like, but she's still very glamorous kind of share with kind of grey hair bits. Mm-hmm. Um but when that re- that old lady kind of came out of nowhere and said, "I've put a curse on that," I thought it's going to go a whole different direction. So that's when I started paying attention. <laughs> but then it's it made less sense than I thought it was. Going to, I thought it was going to be almost like a you know final destination where he dies and she has to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know where the thought this film was going. I don't understand why it's won Oscars. I I genuinely don't understand how it won Oscars because I'm looking at I mean- the year after. The Oscars aren't, they are not the measure no. of no. Yeah, but, good cinema. I can un- well, they're, not nec- <laughs> they're not necessarily, but looking at the year after, it had Rain Man, um, which I think is a great film. Just Jodie Foster won for The Accused. Uh, Kevin Klein for Fish Called Wonder. Um, Gina Davis, Accidental Tourist. Best screenplay was Rain Man. Best adapted screenplay is Danger. So these are films I'm like, yeah, I can understand why this. Mississippi Burning. Um, Francis McDonough did not win for Best Supporting Actress the year after Mississippi Burning. I'm like, I don't understand. I don't stand why Moonstruck won the three Oscars. I, it generally befuddles me. Um, that said, you know, it's maybe fun... the, the voters were Moonstruck and they were just controlled by the power of the moon. Yeah. Maybe they were. That was that was another odd scene where everyone's just like looking at the moon and falling in love with everything. Like the painted moon as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't even a real moon. Uh, big. <laughs> Didn't get Tom Hanks was. He was Oscar nominated for Big. He shouldn't have won that, but it was still good. <laughs> um, right. So yeah, three point four for me. Um, Repute viewing score, Steph. Sorry, Caitlin, is your choice. Uh, I mean, I will watch this film again. <laughs> How many times have you seen it? Uh, to be fair, I've seen it twice. This sure. is like the second time. But I feel like it's one of those movies that, you know, if I'm having like a bad day or like, you know, is it cri- like as Steph said, it's like kind of Christmassy in a way. It's nice to sort of put on and and sort of just like bask in its in its kind of glow. Um, I'm gonna give it a five. Oh, and I watch it multiple times again, and I would tell people to watch it again and again. <laughs> Steph. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to go five. Like I'm already in my head thinking like, about Christmas. watching it again. Yeah, exactly. Gonna get my Christmas list, and this is gonna be like. What makes this Christmas? Yeah, I was gonna say I got no no Christmas about it. I got it's maybe snowing, Halloween. But it's cold. It's cold that you see a guy carrying a Christmas tree yeah. around the opera. All the trees are lit up. Like it's definitely a winter. Mm. Like I think a winter. I think a winter film in New York instantly kind of yes. pulls you towards Christmas without you realizing yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. Does that like sweltering hot like do the right thing? Yeah. Or it's like or it's wintry. Or it's winter. Yeah. yeah. I think just because it feels quite warm as well. I don't know, warm and comforting. Yes. Yeah. It's a bit mad. Yeah, it feels like Christmas. <laughs> families, families, yeah, yeah, big families. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of family togetherness. I do want to try that toast. I don't know why I haven't thought about it before. <laughs> get some bread. So what like, do they do? Eggy bread. So okay. they get some bread, put, yeah. cut a hole in the middle, mm. put the egg in the middle of it, yeah. and fry, fry it. it. It's yeah. so good. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. So you got a new recipe out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Helen, repeat viewing school. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm unlikely to go back. I think. I'm just. So it's a shame there wasn't a song in it. I feel that maybe they missed a trick not having him sing. What was the Shoop Shoop song from? That's from Mermaids. Oh, was it? Yeah. I can't remember if they sing it in there. They must do. 
No, but that was a point when films used to have like a, a big kind of song. You've got to have the song, yeah. yeah. Well, they have the That's Amore song. Yeah. That's would you be happy of... if Cher did a cover of that? I think, I think it would this... be nice if she just sang a version of it. I, I would have I given like it this like is... an extra 0. 0.5. For <laughs> As we record, actually, Cher was in London last night. She was at the oh, O2. Yeah, she was, yeah. 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 Um, and some of the pictures look fantabulous. <laughs> I think she's so glamorous in this film as well. Like this, when they go to the opera, she looks mm. absolutely amazing. And I just think this... like Well, they're taking the grey hairs out. Well, she looks amazing before that, but but there's there's like an added glamour I think to to yeah that bit of the at the at the opera. Um, but yeah, I don't think this film is like meant to be a vehicle for like Cher's singing career, and like this was her doing something serious as an actress, and I think that's why probably there's like it's not a serious <laughs> film. It's <laughs> I don't know it is. Kind of get the sense that they they were convinced that it was kind of a. Serious, not bonkers. I think I read I that... I think this is serious, but it's not a serious <laughs> I think I read somewhere that midway through, Cher was like, this is going to be bad. Like, this is a dud type thing. So maybe they didn't. Right. But I don't know. <laughs> maybe. What was Nick Cage doing at this time? Well, he would have just done Raising Arizona. Yeah. Has he finished Raising, Raising Arizona and done... I think he did it year before or um, Fast Times at Ridgemont was... And I, I think it would have been either... I think it's just before potentially Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart was that the eighties or the nineties? So it's that kind Nick, of time. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Because I'm thinking <laughs> this might be one of the genesis of his like going from zero to eleven in mm. in a line. Because in Wild in Raising Arizona, he wasn't like that. He was kind of, kind of a more, more of a kind, kind of dorky. Yeah. Than this could be the nexus. This could be the start of Nexus Cage being crazy. Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What, I you guys, what do you guys think of him generally? I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's been a long time since I've watched any film of his that came out after Face Off. <laughs> I think maybe I'm confused by that sentence. So anything that he's made post that. Yeah, you haven't I, seen anything I, since. I can't. Have Kick you ass. seen? Have you seen Mandy? Yeah. No. Outst- I think he's outstanding. He's really in good Mandy. in Mandy. That's like yeah. an insanely good kick-ass yeah, film. Has he in the first one? Yeah. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. He's wearing a mask. No, half the time he's not. He's well. He's 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 a part-time superhero, but he's he is um, Chloe Grace Metz's dad in it. So I did not remember that. I don't remember that film. I don't remember that film still. It's a good scene, but yeah, Nick Cage for me. I'm just like I can't. Sometimes fine, sometimes <laughs> insane. Um, I don't get why. He, maybe what I don't think I've seen Wild at Heart. I think that's. I, I like Wild at Heart. I think yeah. it's very Wild at Heart. Yeah, Laura but it Dan's works. Amazing. Laura Dern's amazing. But I think his like kind of craziness works in. Yeah, David and, and it works. It works in Con Air as well. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think I think maybe he reached his peak around Con Air and mm. Face Off. Maybe he's like another Will Smith kind of person where we kind of think. But what has he done good recently? So Mandy. <laughs> Mandy's so, amazing. Mandy's, Mandy's okay. He's got amazing. one that's coming out. Is it Colour Out of Space? Colour Out of Space, He's yeah. He's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think, I guess it's just like when it fits him, like the role. <laughs> yeah. But I've never been bored by him. No, yeah. so. exactly, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes he's just kind of crowbarred into these films which are not for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes when people are like, I want Nicolas Cage to be in this movie, that's when it's like at its best. Like, <laughs> Perfect movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, repeat being in school, Helen. Uh, 1.5. <laughs> I'm so sorry I made you watch this. Wow. <laughs> no, wait, honestly, I've, it's been nearly picked, as we, we've talked about so many times, that it it's good to get it out there. because <laughs> Now you never have now, to watch yeah, it. You've now experienced it. And um, 
you can never go back. <laughs> I'm going to go for 2.1 here. I think I'd, I didn't watch it with my wife because um, I was up visiting parents in Manchester. So I just watched it uh, in my on my iPad at home. Um, but I think she'd quite enjoy it. I think a big, I'd, I'd like to see her reaction to some of these things because I think she'd get a kick out of it in the same kind of way that I did. Um, but other than that, I can't really see myself watching it again. <laughs> uh, small screen score. Um, I mean, I would love to see all the shots of the moon on a on a big screen like that. That I've, kind of I think would really bring out that part of the story if it was so kind of huge and like you know the magic of it really comes across on the screen so you saw it first at um, a showing that you guys did so no I, the first time i saw it i just was on netflix actually. oh okay yeah so steph you saw it on the no big... i didn't see it either oh, it right. was just I the... back to Elfest. this was like before yeah this before... Was before my time before your time i think it was just when i was like you were starting maybe kind of oh, no. in there but i don't think i could go to the screening and yeah so Okay, give so us a small I've never seen score. it on a on a big screen, but I would like to. Um, but it's really, I think it's you know, it, it's good on a small screen. Um, I mean, we'll go four. I don't see why. Steph, why you can't enjoy it on a small screen? Yeah, I think I would go like four as well. I would really like to see it on a big screen. Um, I think there's like nice little moments when you're, I think, when you're paying attention to it, and you're kind of if it's like loud and yeah. big, like. Um, it is mad, but there's there's like a couple of really nice bits. There's a bit where he's in the opera. They like play the xylophone to get them back into their seats. Mm-hmm. And that little tune like melts into the score. They like use it in the score yeah. after that. And just little bits like that. It's like, oh, I'd love to see that. Like hear just that. Just hear that all yeah. like, yeah, surrounded. Um, but I think it's fine to watch on TV. Yeah. Helen? Um, I, I don't know what I would have got out of it watching it on a big screen, but I do appreciate that. It's it's got quite a cult following, I imagine. I know you're looking at me, you're looking at the yeah. wrong person. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a cult a, following right here. <laughs> um, I kind of, have, I would have thought maybe the Prince Charles had, had had it on. That would be the kind of thing that maybe yeah, they'd, I'm sure they'd sort of do yeah. with kind of people throwing some kind of stuff or something. I don't know. But what do you think? What do I think? Um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a five. I think it works on um, the small screen and it's, you know, it is on Netflix and it's, I think it's been on there for a while, hasn't it? So it's kind I don't of know. that. It could have gone off cozy, and then come back on again. Coziness of like knowing it's there for yeah. people who like it. <laughs> Had Cher sung in this, how would that affected your scores? I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking like, about a, a club banger, so like. <laughs> no, no, I don't want a club banger. It would have had well, to have been something. Level. Yeah, but that was appropriate for the era. I don't know, you, when you say club banger, do you mean like Cher's belief? <laughs> no, I mean just like a, a good song, not oh, like right. not just like a. You know, she <laughs> sings for a club. Yeah. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Yeah, I think the um, the the song, if she'd have done a version of that, mm. would have elevated. That's it amore. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so five. I'm going to go for five as well. Um, would not want to see this in the cinema. But <laughs> when you're looking at me for like, is this a cult classic? I was thinking I literally have no idea what people would be doing if they're going to Prince Charles Cinema. Because for me, I'd be laughing off my face, but you guys well, seem to take it more seriously. So I'm, I don't know what kind of level it's kind of pitched no, at. No, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. Like I laugh at bits. I, you know, yeah. I like care about lots of it. I think, yeah, it probably does have a bit of a cult following because it is quite bonkers, but I don't think it would be the kind of level of like a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of cult. Sure. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not that level of like people dressing up and going, and, <laughs> you know. Just everyone dressed as Cher. Yeah, it would be great, but... <laughs> all the guys with like wooden yeah, glove hands. Hand, yeah. 
<laughs> Turning up in their vests. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, right, engagement score. I mean, okay. obviously a five. <laughs> I just, I really, I really like this film, as I think I've expressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Steph. Mm, I think maybe like a four point five. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have that. I think it's very like gentle and a nice, easy watch, but um, I can like find it quite easy to kind of chat through it. Like, I'm not like glued to the the screen and like sure. everyone has to shut up because I'm watching. <laughs> um, I think it's like a nice, easy watch, and yeah, it it's not really one of those films that you have to pay attention and you're you're kind of miss things. You kind of work out where it's going. Um, <laughs> it is only an hour of forty one minutes. Um, so that kind of saves it for me. Um, I don't know. I, I think I was just expecting something more from it than than what I got, which is a bit of a shame. Um, three. <laughs> I'm going to go for quite a high one, 4.1, I think. Mm. I think you need, to, once you start watching it, because there is lots of random stuff going on and a few non sequiturs and a few stories that don't, um, you don't expect to. I didn't expect to spend so much time with Olymp- Olympia Dukakis mm. with her mum, mm. for example. I didn't expect to spend so much time with her dad and and things like that, which is so it's quite nice. And there were things odd, like like I said, vignettes that were happening. Mm. Um, and also, I was generally in my head, I was like, what what random line <laughs> reading is going to happen next? What <laughs> what? How is this all going to finish? And when Daniela came back, I was like, oh yeah, you're not going to get married. <laughs> yeah. so I knew that was going to happen. And you. Yeah. Mm. They're going to get married to Nicholas Cage. Is going to get married to. They were going to get engaged, and uh, there's just so many things that kind of <laughs> threatened yeah. to take me out of the film, but then like kept me going because I was like, "What? How is this going to play out next?" What could have been good would be the wedding. Really, though, yeah, but what, what would have been the Maybe. day after? Yeah, because <laughs> initially, well, you've just got married. Yeah, and they were gonna like we're gonna get engaged. Let's get married in two weeks' time. Like, how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna get married in two weeks' time? I'll have it a month. Still, very very little time to get married. Um, I, I don't think time is a serious concept in this film. No, I don't think it is. Because <laughs> it was like three minutes before they, when they met. Before, oh, did they have the steak first and then they went to bed together? Or was that yeah, after? Yeah, yeah. Okay. a bit more time. A bit more time. Thirty and minutes. And also, like, <laughs> flight time from. Italy to America. There must have been a stop off. Uh, New York to no, not New York to Italy. No. That was probably like six hours. No, that's <laughs> <been> longer than <laughs> that. That's yeah, what we're talking about. But I don't think it needs a stop off there. Because hmm. maybe in the eighties. Maybe in the eighties. Maybe stop off by like, anyway, Greenland or Iceland. Overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, four point one. Because for the first time, I think after that, I think it could be something I. But also, I wouldn't have this on in the background. I think if I was gonna I think I was gonna have this on, I'd be like watching it mm. to see it. I wouldn't be dancing around the house doing other stuff because I'd, I'd be waiting for scenes to happen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, four point one. I think that's about right. Yeah. And that gives us an overall score of four point oh six eight seven five. So Breaking I think the four you, barrier. You, you did very well to give it the five. Yes, there. I was just yeah. a good pushing up that defensive that score. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we reached out to the guys on Twitter ahead of recording. And in this case, they said we're reviewing Moonstruck with Steph Watts, at Steph Watts and at CSA Quinlan from Bechdel Test Fest. Have you seen it? Give us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out on Flixwatcher. Um, 
Caitlin, do you want to take the first one? Sure. So the Cinemile says, Moonstruck is crazy. Nicolas Cage is about a seven here, so not full on Cage, but a Cage seven <laughs> is equal to a 20 from your average actor or an eight from Pacino. <laughs> um, and when asked by Flixwatcher Pod how many stars, the Cinemile says, well, Cher is definitely a star and Nicolas Cage is half a star. <laughs> Steph, do you want to take this next yeah. one? Yeah. Uh... Gidget uh, Von Leroux or Gidget uh, Love Moonstruck especially Olympia Dukakis performance and they gave it four stars and a little tiny star as well which I'm assuming is like four and a half yeah I'd give you that yeah. Helen um, so this is from Sarah May Tucson I adore this movie Cher is a <laughs> goddess and this is the only time I've ever been attracted to Nick she says Nick Cave here yeah. <laughs> I think she means Nick, Nick Cage but he does look like Nick Cave in this? Yeah, like Nick Cave in the birthday party looks like Nick Cage in this. Oh, I don't know about that. They've got very different kind of facial, like his noses are different. Got some kind of like mad hair and mad, <laughs> mad face look. So mad we think emoji. it's Nick Cage. Um, and then that's, fair, it's, I like this emoji. So it, it's four moons, but it is the, the moon is... It's changing through its phases. Yeah. <laughs> moon phases. It's very nice. We'll take that. Four yeah. out of five moon phases. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Can you tell us where people can find you online and say goodbye to the listeners? Yes, thank you very much for having us. Um, so you can find me at CSA Quinlan on Twitter. That's where I post writing and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's generally just at Bechdel Test Fest for all, across all social media for those platforms and um, our website. Too. And we should say that you've got um, a show as we record in November. Yes, we do. Steph yeah. So we have on the 4th of November at the Prince Charles Cinema, uh, it's a screening of Whip It to celebrate its 10th anniversary. And that's 4th of November 2019. 2019, yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and how can they find you? If they want to buy tickets, how do they do it? Uh, you can go to the Prince Charles Cinema website mm-hmm. or you can follow us at Bechdel Test Fest and there'll be info on all our social pages, how and to get them. Are you expecting people to turn up with helmets and rollerblades roller and roller skates? Oh, I hope we hope so. so. Yeah, we've got a couple great. of um, actual roller derby players, I think, that are going to come. I, so. When I watched that, I didn't realise it was a real thing. Yeah. And, and when I found it was a real thing and it was mainly female letters, mm. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's great. It's intense. Intense. Does it? yeah. They always have like a broken Brute. ankle. Yeah. <laughs> Bruises for days. Yeah, I went to a roller derby match a couple of weeks ago for research. Preparation. It's, it's intense. It's fast. And yeah. <laughs> It's there's a lot of slamming into people and elbowing. But where was this? Uh, it was in Tottenham. There's a league. Yeah. I'm sure they got a lot of more popularity after the film came out. Maybe. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe it kickstarted something. That, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks so much. much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. enjoyed this episode of flix watcher podcast why not leave us a five-star review on itunes you can also follow us at flix pod on twitter and we're at flix on instagram thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty mighty tunes and ben from rockwood audio for his awesome editing skills if you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this get in touch with ben and that's rockwood r-o-k-k wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production